your dinner plates ready because it's time for the feed. Starting now in three, two, one. COVID-19, a group of letters and numbers that have changed the way every single person on earth goes about their day-to-day lives. The thing that separated us physically and yet brought us all together in a profound way. It's now been one year since the pandemic was declared global and since it became a bit too real for all of us. You know, when Tom Hanks tested positive. We reached out to Tom to see if he'd do an interview with us on what his experience has been. Predictably, he ignored us. But that doesn't matter. Every one of us has had a completely unique year. We've pivoted, we've lost loved ones, we've felt the COVID fatigue, but all in different ways. The NR92 team set out to hear about some of those experiences for this episode of The Feed. Let's see what they found out. 365 days is a long time. This March marks the one year anniversary of COVID-19 bringing Canada into a series of lockdowns. Much has changed over the last year, including how schools, food services, and businesses operate. This week, NR92's Josh Guads takes a look at the changes in the healthcare industry and how COVID-19 has affected the care available for patients not affected by COVID. This March marks the one-year anniversary since COVID-19 forced most of the world to change drastically. To adapt, many schools moved online and businesses moved to a virtual or limited contact workplace. The healthcare system, however, has faced a much more complex dilemma than staying open or closed this year. Many individuals dealing with chronic illnesses during the pandemic are feeling isolated and pushed to the side. 19-year-old Destiny Mayer has been struggling to find a diagnosis for her chronic illness since long before the pandemic began. However, since the emergence of COVID-19, Mayer and many others have felt pushed to the side while COVID-19 is dealt with despite many people's symptoms being just as bad or worse than those afflicted with COVID-19. Mayer says that even going to hospitals for help has become somewhat pointless for those not affected by COVID-19. If you have any symptom of COVID, they treat you like a COVID patient. And if it's not COVID, they kind of just brush you off and send you home. And that's been challenging because, you know, you want to get your medical stuff dealt with. Seeing the hospitals forced to give priority to some while neglecting others has become more and more common as supplies are stretched thin across the country. Mayer says that with hospitals being so busy all the time, it makes it difficult for even minor issues to get treatment. I know people who have undiagnosed illnesses like myself have been suffering a lot because it's, uh, oh, well, we don't have the resources to get you the tests or we don't have the time to get you the tests or the doctors are too busy to see you. Um, And a lot of it's like chronic pain patients or mental illness patients because things are so flooded that people just can't get into hospitals to get the help that they need. Before the pandemic, it was expected that you didn't arrive at the hospital alone. Now bringing in help, even in life-threatening situations, is off limits once inside the hospital. Mayer says this makes it more difficult all around for patients who have limited mobility or are undergoing operations. Before it would always be you were expected to bring other people who were involved in your medical care so that they knew the best ways to help you and that they could walk you out of the hospital after surgery or they knew how to administer your medications and the best ways to care for you. 
Um, but without that being an option, it leaves a lot of it to the patient who may have just woken up from surgery and might not remember something, and it just leaves everything uh, into a, the sole responsibility of the um, patient. This last year has shown the world how underprepared we were to face a global threat on a viral level. But with new vaccines being approved more and more frequently, the future can still be bright. As for those not in need of medical care, do your part and follow health guidelines to make it easier on the medical professionals working the front lines to keep us safe. I'm Josh Guads with The Feed for NR92. COVID-19 has made the past year difficult. Some may even say it was the worst year of their lives. But we're all moving forward together. Many people experienced a variety of things throughout the year, but Alberta's healthcare system has been battling the beast since the start. That's why NR92's Bailey Wood took a closer look into the industry. It's been a year since everyone went mask shopping and the toilet paper went flying off the shelves like hotcakes. Since COVID-19 hit the world, a lot has changed, and frankly, I believe things are going to keep changing. COVID-19 has affected everyone in some way, but how has it affected our healthcare industry? That's why I sat down with Nicole Sinclair, an x-ray technician who worked in the health industry for over 10 years. Nicole shared her thoughts about how COVID-19 has shaped the way the industry works now and the good and bad that have happened throughout the year. Trying to stay up to par with all the changes, changes in protocol, changes in PPE, all the screening that was involved. Um, it was a little scary at times too, putting myself in a position where if what happens if I get sick? Nicole believes this year has flown by and she's grateful and feels everyone is more confident to have built a stronger connection with colleagues who were also struggling with burnout, stress, and personal factors. When COVID-19 hit Alberta, many people were unable to work due to restrictions and many families were left with only one set of stable income. Nicole believes we've come far from the start, but this is only the beginning of a long journey. In all honesty, in my profession, I, a lot of us are embracing the idea that we'll probably have to wear PPE for the next three or four years. It could possibly become mandatory as well. Um, in regards to the pandemic itself, two or three years before things go back to normal, if you will, if they ever are normal again. As we move towards going back to normal and having COVID-19 be over, we can only hope that things will go smoothly. We can all do our best to help stop the spread by wearing our masks and following Alberta's health guidelines. Although we may see more restrictions loosening soon, Nicole believes Alberta was not ready for COVID-19 and that things could have been done differently. I feel like we could have learned from other countries. I think that we can still learn from other countries. I don't know, I get frustrated because a lot of the economic versus what we should be doing in, our, in regards to our healthcare system and protecting our people. I understand we're trying to recover, but at the same time, the reality is, is the pandemic's here, so how about we get through it properly? the recovery will come. I'm Bailey Wood for The Feed, and that was a closer look into how the healthcare industry has been affected. Some think that the COVID protocols put in place were too delayed to be effective. Some believe the protocols are too harsh, especially in smaller communities. But with light at the end of the tunnel, NR92's Adrian Sainange got to hear the personal and professional opinion of Carolyn Snyder, a nurse with the emergency unit in rural St. Paul County. COVID restrictions just seem to make a lot of sense in larger cities. I'm not a huge fan of them, but I also recognize that the more people that I'm around, the more likely I am to get sick. 
in a time of uncertainty and instability, it's something that I'm not willing to take a risk on. Those same restrictions have been implemented for everyone in Alberta, ranging from small hamlets such as Plamondon to larger metros like Edmonton or Calgary. Is this equitable? Caroline Snyder, a nurse in small town St. Paul, shared her sentiment on how the approach differs from a medical perspective. I think they had to be, they see a lot more cases, so they have to be a lot more cautious and they have to be a lot more like we have to give information and tell people like they have to st like stay home and stuff like that. But I think in big cities, it's harder to isolate those certain people more than it would be for us. The town of St. Paul has a population of 6,000 people. Because of the smaller population, COVID infections are far less common, and those who do have COVID get sent to Edmonton for treatment. A small town like St. Paul doesn't have the resources to treat these patients, but Snyder says that the biggest effect COVID has had on people isn't the virus itself, but rather on mental health issues caused by the restrictions. We noticed a lot more like mental health issues when it came to COVID, like people being like lonely, not so much like they're sick, but it's just they're lonely, they're suicidal, they're depressed. Like people's mental and things with everything being closed down, like people's mental health were just decreased a lot. So we actually saw a lot of mental health in Emerge and St. Paul is a designated psych facility. So we got a lot of those. Snyder says that while she doesn't personally agree with a lot of the mask mandates for smaller communities, she feels that a lot of stopping the spread is common sense. If you're sick, stay home. If you're headed to an area with a large gathering of people, wear a mask. Snyder continued to say that while COVID has been a learning curve, she's been able to tailor a better bedside manner for her approach going forward. Like I said, like it's more like you treat the patient, you don't treat the injury or the condition. I like to treat them more now that I know that because of COVID, all this mental health issues. So I, instead of just like, oh, I'm just going to triage you kind of thing. Like I'm like, oh, like, how are you doing? Like kind of stuff like more communicate more with people and just to make sure that, yeah, they came in with a broken arm, but like, are you doing okay otherwise? Like, cause we have people that people we can set you up with and kind of stuff like that. While the restrictions have been hard to live with, vaccines and better hygienic practices are the clearest pathway forward. I'm Adrian St. Ange for The Feed on NR92. You're listening to The Feed. This March will mark the one-year anniversary of COVID-19. Of course, restrictions put in place immediately following positive cases in our country, and with these restrictions meant major changes that affected the way we live. Livelihoods had to be changed, businesses were shut down, and far too many jobs were lost. Of course, at the start of COVID-19, every sector saw job cuts and layoffs following our government's restrictions, but what about people who were self-employed? Tara Workin is self-employed and cleans houses and condo buildings across the city and even some places outside the city. Some of her clients had to close their doors to Tara's regular services. Uh, yeah, my, my clients that had homes were a bit more cautious and some of them being seniors, you know, they were, they were um, worried for their health. And then some of my other clients um, that were younger, um, they were working from home now, so it just didn't. I it didn't justify bringing me in because they were home all the time now, so they could just kind of do it themselves. There came a time where we might need to reconsider what we were doing for a living. Many people either found a way to work from home with their company, or they were laid off and didn't work at all. Fortunately for Tara, she was able to keep most of her regular work. Well, the lucky thing for me is that I have. 
had two buildings that I did, so they just kind of, they upped my restrictions, made sure that I was wiping and sanitizing and, and filling the hand sanitizer and keep, keeping things in the building clean for them. So with losing my personal clients, I was lucky enough that I had the buildings that I could still do. It was just a little more work for me, but it, it, that was the nicest thing. One of the most important things, if not the most important thing, was to stay positive. Luckily for Tara and her clients, no one was ever sick. And seeing your clients in public places knowing they're okay can be comforting. Um, I haven't, I've seen some of my personal clients in the grocery stores and stuff. It's nice to keep in contact with them, but everybody's just kind of gotten into their own routine this last year. But I think one of the positive things is, um, you know, I guess the first thing you could say is that everybody is maybe a little more cautious, everybody stands back, and, and everybody's being a little more cautious as to sanitizing and making sure that things are neat and tidy. You know, there's, there's not as much mess as there used to be, not as many fingerprints, because everybody is more cautious. If this one year of living in a COVID-19 world has taught us anything, it's that we're all in this together and to keep checking in with the people in our lives. I'm Thomas McCaskill with NR92's The Feed. It's been a year since the lockdowns of the pandemic began and it's been a roller coaster ride. The lockdowns have been different for everyone, but all of us have had to change the way we live, the way we interact with each other, and the way we learn. As a kindergarten teacher with Edmonton Catholic Schools, Susan Cool is staying positive about children's education. Due to the pandemic, students and teachers have had to adapt to changing learning environments. Online school or socially distanced in-person learning has become the new normal and it's been having an impact. Susan says she has some concerns about the children's education and some of the changes she's had to make. Many of my students enjoy working with all of their senses. And because of the pandemic, we are no longer allowed to use water play, even if it has soap in it. Educators have had to change their program plans and make adjustments to the delivery of in-person learning. The kindergarten students are adapting to the way they play and interact with each other. Sanitizing play areas and frequent hand washing is now required. And unlike before the pandemic, one of the first rules of kindergarten, sharing, isn't allowed. We're not allowed to have a big ball of Play-Doh. We have to make sure that every child has their individual container and there's no sharing of Play-Doh. Susan says the kids are missing out on some of the activities that allow them to be creative and have fun like they did before the start of the pandemic. A lot of times you'll, you would see in a dress-up corner in the house area, you'd see costumes and a lot of dress-up play and the children would really come out of their shells as they transformed into different characters. Susan also says despite the changes in learning due to the pandemic, the kinders are adjusting and the new rules have just become part of their learning process. I'm Scott for The Feed on NR92. With March comes the one-year anniversary of COVID restrictions in Alberta. One full year of masks, social distancing, and online schooling. Students and teachers alike had to make a drastic change to online learning and teaching. 
NR92's Liam Holmes sat down with Josh Horlack from Nate's television program to see how a year of COVID has affected their day-to-day life as a student. The transition to online schooling has been challenging to say the least. Though the biggest challenge may not just be learning how to switch to online classes, but maybe the want to. Some find that learning from home takes away from the college experience as a whole. Joshua Hauerlach says COVID has, in a way, robbed him from his college experience. Like that was kind of the biggest thing was just like hanging out with people in your class and getting to know everyone more. Because now it's just like, it's all online. We see each other's like faces on the screen, but we don't actually like see anyone in person as much. And you don't really get a chance to get to know the people that you're working with. One thing we as human beings have always been good at is adapting. Josh states that the original switch was definitely a struggle, but with time comes adaption. But like it's been a year, I think I've just kind of gotten so used to it where it hasn't been as much of an issue. Like back in March, like a little unorganized for everyone and nobody really knew what was going on, but I think by now, like instructors have figured it out, like students have figured it out. So I think it's kind of grown on me where it's, it started off a little harder, but I think it got a lot better now. Online learning isn't all negative though. The adaption has come with some positives. Positives such as staying safe from a deadly virus and not having to fill our cars with as much gas. I think one thing that's really kind of going online has taught me is just how to be a lot more organized I find Uh, just because like you have to be ready and like you have to meet all these deadlines and there's nobody really like checking in with you so it's a lot more like self-supported. One year of COVID has been one year of learning and adapting in order to keep ourselves and others safe. If we continue to do so, maybe the students in the year to come can hopefully return to on-campus learning and life can return to how it was before. I am Liam Holmes for NR92's The Feed. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Hear it again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or find it on NR92 SoundCloud.